Hi. Hi, everyone. As you might have gathered, the topic of conversation today is all about diversity and inclusion. And there is something about me that just absolutely loves this topic. I think it's because it's such a big part of my life, it's a part of my workplace. I guess me as a professional, it matters to me where I work and the way I'm represented, the way I feel comfortable speaking to people within my company. It'll be interesting to hear where this conversation goes to. What I want to start off with is just giving you some background into where this came up and why I wanted to specifically speak about it in a topic today. When I think about diversity and inclusion, it's just this term that's thrown around everywhere. I've been more doubtful of the intentions behind this whole initiative of where companies want to include head of diversity inclusions or have initiatives to promote diversity and inclusion or have a hiring criteria to include diversity and inclusion. And actually, as we've gone through seasons, like even from season one, the way my mindset has changed because of the things I've experienced and what I've learned and researched is actually been super interesting. So a lot of the conversation today will be mostly around diversity in the workforce. So I'm not specifically speaking about how it's represented in the media or film, TV. I just want to speak about it in the context of working and us as professionals working in some industry, how it feels to us to be, I guess, a part of a minority group, females. And has it been something that we're conscious of? Has it been just something in the background? So I want to start the conversation around where I first thought of this idea for this episode. And I was actually on LinkedIn. I was just going through my homepage as I do. In this occasion, I was scrolling and there was this head of diversity and inclusion role. So in that moment in time, I just thought to myself about four months ago, I would have thought of this role as being completely different to what I do today. And it would be such an interesting topic to speak about because of that. So if you were scrolling through LinkedIn one day and you saw a head of diversity and inclusion role, how would you feel and what would you expect from this person? Just a really quick question. So you say that when you think about inclusion and diversity, a couple of months back, you had a different perspective on it. Just on the cuff, was it like a a negative perception or a positive one? Mostly negative. Okay. Basically, I've come across similar people that have, they almost roll their eyes when someone says something about diversity, inclusion. I'm talking about people of colour specifically. I think the general consensus that I get from those that express their feelings in that way are that it just feels like a redundant role. And I think because they don't see the impact or any significant change, they just see it as this role that's almost mentioned because they're in the room or it's mentioned that they should take on and be more hands on with the initiative or the role. And we shouldn't expect that from people of color just in general because they might have other ambitious career paths and as much as they want to be a part of social change because it affects them and they would benefit from them it's not always something that someone wants to do in life like when you want to work hard towards a goal you don't want to have to pick up society's problems along the way So I think there is generally quite a large number of people who, when stuff like diversity and inclusion is thrown out there, that everybody assumes that a type of person will come forward for the role. But most of them are quite tired of hearing about it because they've heard more about it than actually the actions and the benefits and the changes from it. That's where we've not heard much. So there is like generally people that feel like it's a bit of a redundant role. And I can kind of relate to that in some workplaces that I've been in. But others, 
I would probably say there is a bit more. And when you see it, you appreciate it a bit more. What do I think of like it being as a whole role? Is that the question you're asking? I guess before you go on to that, you just answered it on the on the summary of how other people feel about it. But how do you directly feel about it? How would you feel if that was mentioned to you in a room? I'd roll my eyes too. In my in my current <laughs> role, yes. I, I think I'd roll my eyes because I'm in a workplace which is still very much to the way I feel about it. It's quite homogenous. Like there's just one type of people mm-hmm. in my immediate team, people that I work with, even if I'm like going out to various parts of the business. For it to be brought up as a topic, role or anything they would definitely need to sit and give me a proper presentation about what exactly they're asking for and looking for in terms of diversity and inclusion. If it's something that's just kind of very broadly spoken about, that's just not good enough for me because where do we take that? If I give some thought to the diversity and inclusion being a role, firstly, I think it needs to be a department because it's such a huge topic. I think the more people, the more resources they put within that team, the more they'll be able to kind of look at how they can make it have an impact within the company. So whatever the diversity looks like, whatever the people of the company want to see, they can put more of a a strategy around it. They can put a bit more push towards changes being made or things being put in place. And it starts from the top. Something like diversity and inclusion should not be something formed from the ground and then trying to fight to sit in places um, going up the hierarchy. It needs to start from the board level then it's just going to sprinkle down and it, it will become something wider within the culture of the business mm-hmm. and I think that's when the role becomes a significant part and you know that a company or a, a business has adopted it for good reason and not the feel-good reason that's my first thought it needs to be championed from the top and it just can't work in silo because when things work in silo they just don't have a significant impact if it's not sewn into the day-to-day role of recruitment the types of training that's available, the types of opportunities that are that are available, then it just becomes this side thing that a company does. It's a bit like sustainability, I feel like. I think maybe my experience is speaking about that. And maybe if I moved into another role, I'd be like, oh, this is what diversity and inclusion looks like. This is how a company embodies it, the significant impact it's making but at the moment I don't feel that so I I have a bit of a negative perspective Mm. on it Mm -hmm. I hear that completely what about you Ridge? I feel like it's so interesting actually first of all to hear what Sunna's had to say about it because like you're just saying I do think a lot of it stems from your experience and I think a lot of my opinion on this is also going to stem from my own experience of diversity and inclusion in the workplace Um, so I think just to answer the first question about how I feel about diversity and inclusion being a whole new role. I actually do think that there is importance and there is scope for it to be a role because, you know, whether it's a role of one individual or whether it's a role of a whole department, I think it's important that it needs to be there because without it, you know, where is diversity and inclusion and this whole kind of concept and this whole implementation of it, where is it going to come from without having one person or having a team responsible for it? Um, A lot of it, definitely comes from individuals experiences so speaking for myself I've had a positive outlook on diversity and inclusion just because I've experienced it positively so I used to work for quite a large media agency and I completely remember before I even got offered the job role I had to go to an assessment day and just from that assessment day alone I really got quite a good picture of 
you know, how diverse and inclusive the company was. And there actually was a little segment where we were giving an introduction into this company and their emphasis on diversity and just how important it is. And even when I started, actually, sorry, even when I started working there, I was there for two years. Even then, there was always this kind of open culture of everyone is diverse in this company. There is room for everyone. There is room for, you know, whatever you want to do, there was always a door open for you to go forward and try and make things happen if you wanted to outside of work, outside of your departments. But I think on the flip side of it, there is kind of another perspective that you can see diversity and inclusion as and that is kind of again through personal experience the whole idea of positive discrimination and it's quite funny because you know again I'm going back to my experiences at this particular company there were a lot of times where I was approached to kind of take part in either a video an interview you know there was certain days or certain events that were being held and they kind of want you to be a part of a panel or they want you to be a part of certain things it was funny because obviously me being a ethnic minority female me being a Muslim female first of all I love being approached and I did take part in a lot of these things but in the back of my head I always used to think you know I am definitely a tick in the box for you guys <laughs> and I do think that for people like us and for people of actually all different types of diverse backgrounds that thought probably does cross your mind but um this is a conversation that Manny actually had with both of us and maybe at the same time and definitely at separate times too that positive discrimination I feel like you know, to an extent, it's actually necessary now, because it all depends on your kind of your perspective on it and how you see it. So when it's happening, and you're when you're in that moment, and you think, oh, right, great, you know, they're asking me to do another promo for something, they're asking me to like, show face again for something. But then at the same time, you know, you being a part of that, and you being a part of showing face, and you being a part of something where you are representing you know, yourself. So if I was, you know, on the cover of something for this company, or if I was at an event for this company where they're trying to bring in A-level students or grads, you know, for their apprenticeships or for the graduate schemes. And if someone who identified with me, someone who was a female Muslim Pakistani girl saw me and thought, wow, you know, someone who looks like me that I identify with, you know, is in a position that looks cool or, you know, is something that I want to aspire to do. In that sense, I think it's important because you are there giving people the hope and reassurance I guess that they can make it and do things that you're doing as well and I think in that context diversity and inclusion is so important to kind of put these positive things out there and I know there is definitely a case out there I know people listening are probably going to think that there's definitely a case out there for how genuine that inclusion is I totally understand that point but I think my opinion on that is absolutely that you know in order for some form of change or representation you know, we have to be the ones embracing these opportunities to be included. And whether it's genuine or not, I feel like there has to be a point where we kind of take that opportunity and we have to kind of, you know, to be represented and to be included, you have to kind of take that leap and take those opportunities and do things. So, but going back to the role, I think it's important, but I think it has to be implemented properly. And it's not just something that might work from the get go. And there's actually another point that I just remember that Sundas was talking about, you know, it has to be something that comes from the top down and it's something that has to start from the seniors and trickle down. It will drive that compliance. It will drive that commitment because it's coming from the seniors. It's coming from the CEO. It's coming from people who have, I guess, the power in these companies and organisations to actually make that change. But, you know, I think it has to be something that includes senior people, but also, you know, 
frontline employees, like people who are juniors and people who are new. And, you know, that inclusion of everyone is how schemes and how these roles and how teams like this are actually going to be effective. Otherwise, you know, it's just going to be someone saying they're, you know, head of diversity and inclusion. But, you know, how much are they actually doing? There has to be action behind the role. I think that is a, a huge and important thing. I also want to say that I think the role should always be externally recruited for. It's good to have people within the team that have an interest within the company, but find someone whose life and passion is diversity and inclusion. You've got the knowledge there. You've got the training there. Look within the company if you find something, but look externally because people actually commit and dedicate their life to this type of social change. And it should... That role then should have someone from an experienced place rather than someone who ticks boxes. And actually, something that you mentioned, although I always talk about the lack of how I feel about diversity with the, in the workplace that I'm in and the way I perceive it, I definitely think I ticked a lot of boxes for them. And somewhere, somewhere in a bubble conversation, they all sat there and thought, yeah, we've got a young Asian, British Asian, you know, female like I probably they they probably went on a tick box exercise that day and had a mini <laughs> celebration maybe popped a bottle and said well done team let's We're talk that <laughs> brilliant recruitment <laughs> okay so I actually want to take a step back and think what is it with diversity and inclusion that is giving me or is bothering me or made me trip up on this and actually what I realized was after some reflection the reason why I should overthink it was because of the word itself. So diversity to me, that word I just felt like was always sprinkled on top. I took a step back and I thought, why do I have such a big fat thing with this word? Like, what do I have against it that is so negative or so bad? And what I realized was, it's just about the intention. And when I used to think about representation and when I used to think about diversity, I used to think there were two different things, but actually it's just the intention. And it's about how you think about things. And some people do think of it as a checkbox exercise. When people are being hired, the reason why I was so reluctant to be positively discriminated for or against was because I used to think that that was a primary reason why someone was hiring me. But actually what I realized over time was, no, that's just a byproduct. And so I feel like this role, to me, has such a major responsibility. It's such a big thing. And it shouldn't be taken lightly. It should be something that is approached with wisdom, with experience, with data-driven approaches. Because as Sundas mentioned, I definitely think it should be somebody with that kind of experience and with that kind of expertise that has dedicated their entire life to doing this kind of stuff. And it's not just somebody like me that is just representing the entire Pakistani community, but I'm not. I'm only representing myself. I was just going to say, if you asked the Pakistani community if I represent them, they'd have a whole different answer. <laughs> exactly. So. I agree with you. Because who, who do I even represent, guys? Who do I? Probably just myself. <laughs> exactly. And I only represent myself too. But So I took a step back and I realized that I had a problem with the word, but I no longer do because it's about the intention of the person and the company and what they're trying to achieve. And that's a great start. But I also felt like the reason why when I looked at this role, it kind of tripped me up was, well... Why is it a responsibility of one individual and not the entire company? I'd also say that the first step to this role is always going to be a reflection of what diversity looks like for that company. I'm just thinking about all of the layers of diversity. It might be something about everything around gender and LGBT. There's so many different aspects to diversity that it should reflect 
the company and what you currently have before you look for what you're looking for in the future. Because if you ignore the small voices in your company that you currently have and you start looking for the broader aspects of diversity, then you're not addressing or approaching it in the right way. You've got to amplify the voices within your company before you can amplify voices that you want to come into the company. Yeah. So definitely head of diversity and inclusion for me today feels like a very good thing because how much of an impact this person could make to a company and what they can trickle into it, what perspectives they can share, what changes they can make. But actually, it is something that every individual needs to embody in themselves and that you have to want to learn. Like it has to come from within. It's not just a responsibility of, I guess, the head or the lead of this kind of initiative. It's everyone's. But the lead is necessary. Yeah, I think we also need to drive a, a positive conversation around diversity and inclusion and not make mainstream people feel like this doesn't include them. It includes, it embodies everybody of every color, every gender, every everything that you kind of believe in. In some ways, the conversation does start from people that are minorities. And, and I don't think that should be corrected because generally stats show that those are the most affected groups of people, but also mainstream people should not see it as a threat or something separate to them they are very much involved and it comes from a place where I'm, I'm telling someone else's story that was told by another person one of the big four companies a male Asian was promoted as head of finance or he was promoted to be part of a, a quite a senior board mm -hmm. and he was anonymously emailed clearly by someone within his team who also went for that job to say that you you only got that position because you're Asian so from the story I did ask this friend I was just like you know why didn't he kind of go forward and fight or find out who wrote this email anonymously and I think in the world of GDPR and people hacking I'm sure you could have found it whether it's the right thing to do or not that's not the point you would go above and beyond to find things that upset many people and if it feels like a threat it's a responsibility of a company to look into this but they weren't able to investigate it because it was an anonymous email and they didn't think to kind of investigate it further but that was an experience of someone I think although we talk about it in a positive light because we see it as a positive thing I think generally we we're still a minority that think in this way. And I think that when you work in huge, big corporates, not everyone's on board. And that's why it's important that it goes from top down. So this conversation very much needs to embody everyone so that we don't have this whole segregated approach to it. It's just my thoughts. I agree with you, but I feel like that's also based on the intention, right? And you can never know that. I mean, there's, there's always going to be minorities. I think exactly. I get really worked up about those individual cases because I always think that in any other job or role, you always see people going above and beyond to investigate things when they really want to. But sometimes a lot of things that impact minorities and those types of groups just kind of get sweeped under the rug it's almost like an apology from someone who's not directly impacted you. And it's yeah. to say, sorry, this happened to you. We can't really investigate it because all of, all of these problems. Yes, you can look mm. into it and make it a point so that nobody dares question it. I also it. think yeah. that because it's a lot of people find it sensitive, which is why it's not investigated or they feel like they'll get in trouble or they feel like it will be bad rep. I agree with you. I think it's a lot about people not wanting to have uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, and that's my workplace. Not They like to trickle. They like to think, talk about things very broadly. But the, the uncomfortable conversation they can't articulate is because they don't know how to. Mm -hmm. And that's just something they need to 
So just a question, why couldn't that head of finance that was recently promoted have that conversation? Did he not did he not drive it or did he not want to have it? So I don't know who this person is directly and obviously a friend told me this story but it was a combination of things. He inquired to see if it could be investigated but his first line of response was just it's come anonymously. We don't know how to kind of, you know, dissect and find out who this person is. And I'm sorry, I, that's just not good enough. Find their, what is it, IP, IP, IP address. address. IP address. Just There's loads of ways of going about it. And I no- think what's interesting is, well, why couldn't he question the board? Like, why couldn't he question the people that promoted him? Yeah. And that's then kind then again, of what I don't been... have that information, so I yeah. don't know how he took it further. Yeah. But easily... As triggered as I am with this conversation, I can also imagine being in that position where you're already celebrating this milestone for yourself and you just think, you know what, let the noise in the background say what it needs to, yeah. but it's not okay. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's okay because I feel like it's just something that someone is making you feel like you don't deserve this role, but deep down yeah. you know what you deserve. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it doesn't matter I, what I'm people say. I'm also kind of like, I think I'm stretching this a bit, but in a world where things leak and people are able to, you know, break <laughs> GDPR rules when you're rich, famous, and one of the big four companies can investigate this and really look into this because this is a person within your company who will probably eventually have the influence and power to move up the grade. And if their attitude is that at this point in time, then they're going to continue with those sentiments as they go above. It's that thing, you just pick it up and address it whilst it's fresh don't exactly. let it you know yeah i definitely agree i don't know I, either I'm, way i'm just very triggered by that if I, I was there i would i don't know i think i've got a lot of fight in me but actually at the point i just been i'm so sorry you went through that let's go out for like a catch-up dinner or something forget about it but right <laughs> behind food. this screen in front of this mic right now i'm taking my energy out like i'm in a boxing ring of course <laughs> you should you because that is triggering Full talk no action that's me <laughs> <laughs> It is triggering. I it's, would be triggered yeah, too. Yeah, it's, it's because it's relatable. It's yeah. just because it just it hurts you on a personal level. Um, so it's coming from an emotional place, I was I going to actually but... add something about the top-down approach. Like, I feel like top-down, bottom-up, like however way, I feel like it has to happen in all ways. In order For that change to last, it has to be in every way possible, if that makes sense. Cool. Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> no, no, no. I love these kind of digressions because they're important and they're necessary. Yeah. And this is what... Our experience is based off of, right? Like everything we speak about or everything that we give our experience or knowledge on is all about what we've experienced and what we've learned over life and time. And I guess books are one way of learning, but real life is just a different kind of learning. Okay, so moving on the conversation just a little bit, based on the research that we're doing internally in our organization right now, we are doing market research in terms of how other companies, how other tech companies specifically how they look in terms of brand so my team specifically is looking at how a brand's image may influence or may attract a certain pool of candidates right so what is it about a certain brand what is it about a certain company that makes them so attractive and what I found or what was interesting was one of the companies that we were looking into was Google and what they did was actually publish their diversity reports and so they obviously have a very strong initiative inside the company where they want to have a more represented workforce and to do that they are coming up with solutions and ways of going about creating this environment right and creating this workforce but actually what I found so interesting was how transparent they were with their numbers it's nice to be or nice to see a company be so transparent with their numbers because actually they're giving you an idea of yes we have a problem yes these are our numbers and yes we are looking to solve these problems and looking at ways that we can attract a diverse pool of candidates and I think that's great 
maybe they have hidden agenda and different intentions and all of that and that could be the case we can always assume or speculate we can always speculate why people do things but I still feel like as an overall overall thing that it was a good thing and I guess I'll highlight more about what my thought process was behind this in a little while my question to you guys was well how important is it to you that a company is transparent about their workforce so do you prefer to know the percentage of employees from minority groups do you want to know what kind of people you're working with do you want to know what your team is made up of does this thought process actually occur in your mind before applying for a role or when you're interviewing or in the recruitment process what are your thoughts on this I I actually haven't ever given thought to what the team looks like I've always well I haven't moved many roles but especially with my next step thinking about roles I only really think about the responsibilities I see it more from the side of where is this going to lead me am I going to be interested what does the job require etc I've never really looked around too much about the company's diversity or the makeup of it okay and I don't know if I should it's not the first thing that comes to my mind when I'm moving roles I look at it in a very different way it's all about me and what I want rather than what I want out of the company or want to see within the company and it's interesting that you say that because even within my company when I come across a minority there is that small bit of joy where you're like oh oh my god who is this person (laughs) and then you just sit there and you even before you have a call with them or however you have a kind of conversation with them you sit there and you think I wonder how long they've worked for this company I wonder what their life's like within this company that's how little I see of what is relatable to me And it's not always negative. I'm quite open to being the duck amongst the goose. To me, it's not alien to be like that. And maybe that's just generally my experience of growing up. Generally, it's not something that I look at. Maybe going, no, I don't know if it would be the first thing. For me, it's always about the role. rather than of course it's not going to be a first thing but when you're looking to apply to a role because that's a massive thing right your work takes up most of your life like we work so much of the time and investing that much time into a company of course you are taking personal gain from it but the environment the culture the people around you you're also taking from them and so I guess you're right you've just said you don't really look at it no I don't I think it's really based on the role salary and whether I'm going to be interested in turning up to work Yeah, I feel like it's definitely important for initiatives like diversity and inclusion, because I feel like knowing your figures and your quotas of diversity and things like that, you know, I feel like that and these kind of initiatives, they go hand in hand. And I feel like they won't work without one another, you know, in order to kind of know what you're lacking or know what to build on, you need to be able to have those stats and figures to be able to make that change. Um, But then I was also thinking about just in general, like, when you think about quotas of diversity in terms of, let's say, for example, like hiring numbers or what percentage of people of a certain minority or of a certain you know, background that you have in your company, I feel like those figures don't actually automate inclusion. Those figures are just there for you to know as knowledge and facts. But that inclusion comes from active work and participation. Sorry. That's all right. <coughs> So, you know, there may be diversity in the workforce and everything, but inclusion actually comes from active work and participation from the employees of the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I def- I think it's important. Can I just go back to my point? Go on. Just the kind of person I am, like I said, I don't, I don't look for that information when I'm joining or looking for my next step. But mm-hmm. once I'm in there, I'm fully judging that company. I'm just like, how am I the only person here that's Asian? How am I the only female in this room right now? So the judgment comes after, but I have to firm my place. 
and my role before first. she judges. And then I'm just like, now I'm going to share my because then Two I think cents. that's where it matters for me because I'm like, I'm in now, and maybe I should start challenging people and just throw it in spaces where it's not spoken about and just you know make everyone sit at the edge of their seat. But for me, I'm very much like, this is my next role. This is what I feel like doing. And then I go in and I'm just like, well, 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 nothing's changed in this place. Feels like the 90s. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the 90s when you were a kid. Hmm. I think but both I'm joking, of your... I'm joking, I'm <laughs> joking. I see your perspectives, definitely. But my whole approach of when I was thinking about this question was actually, well, it was not necessarily going to be a a factor in me trying to apply or want to work for a company is more just seeing how transparent they are because them detailing these reports isn't a necessary requirement it's not something they need to do but actually what I realized was it just shows that they're being honest they've got integrity and very few companies have that I'm not saying that they are perfect and Google by far are no means perfect (laughs) but when I think about them and in that specific moment in time and for that specific thing that they shared, I just felt like that was very open and honest. I'm not sure. step to something positive. I'm not sure what I'm trying to get at. And I'm not sure whether that would affect my decision to apply or not apply to a company because I don't think it would. Like yourself, it's more about the role, the responsibilities and the people that I'm directly working with. So I found it interesting because when I was looking into this, it just made me feel like I had a different perspective because of what they shared. As a result of them being honest, it just shows maybe there's something about this company that makes me want to join. Them being so open and honest about their figures, about their numbers, about even if it looks really bad, it's not necessarily a good thing to see how badly represented they are. But actually, they're showing they have a problem and they want to do something about it. And that is definitely a first step. Most people don't even have that acknowledgement. They don't even realize that there's a problem, you know? So I don't know where I was going with it either because I'm always underrepresented, if I'm being honest. Like, yeah. I feel like we almost all of us are, right? In tech itself, there's going to be other roles, right? There's going to be business-oriented roles. There's going to be HR-oriented roles. But I'm talking about engineering, like, and there's very fewer females. And that's just one type of diversity, right? Yeah. But there's always... But then that's That then links to the, the conversation around STEM and how they drive that within the school's companies education if they linked it properly and really thought about the process the journey Mm -hmm. then maybe stem wouldn't be these small pockets of charities and organizations trying to promote these opportunities Mm -hmm. they sometimes they feel a bit separate or the journey is very slow yeah um and that's why when we we look at the workforce it's still not reflective of yeah all Definitely. Of the energy going in. And you're right. You know what's actually interesting, even though we are digressing, I do want to pick up on your point. When I was at university, I quite clearly saw the reflection or the representation between males and females in my in my course, right? And that quite simply gave me an idea of how it will be like in the workforce. And what I felt like where the problem lay was why why aren't females or different minority groups thinking that they can apply for these kind of courses why don't they want to educate themselves in this field or industry how do they not even know about this kind of career path maybe it'll be something they liked or they enjoyed if they had known about it and actually what I realized was well that assumption that you only learn at a younger age is also redundant because growing up especially in the world that we're living in today you can pivot and you can change careers so quickly and so efficiently because if you learn something it's all about knowledge you can have a degree in history or the arts but if you learn something so there's a bunch of companies like google and facebook that don't actually require you to have a degree it's more about your experience your knowledge and what you've learned and i guess if you're able to listen to this podcast you obviously have access to the internet in some way you have access to a bunch of resources that 
the resources at our fingertips are so unlimited that we can learn absolutely everything and anything. And I know I make it sound so simple, but genuinely, when I take a step back, it really is that simple. It's just about knowing what you want to do. And basically, my point is, I used to always think it needs to trickle down from people or students wanting to do this at a younger age, but actually it doesn't. It can be that you're 50 years old and you feel like you want to divert your career into tech and it is completely possible. I think the generation below us, so not the millennials, but Generation Z will be very open to chopping, changing and taking risks with jobs. But generally, the millennials have heavily worked with the boomers who have always sat in the same roles for a very long period of time. And seeing that stability then makes when you see the future, you suddenly let that imprint on you. Unless you work for an organization that's fast paced and you see how people just take that leap and they move on. Mm -hmm. But if you don't see that and that generation is still sitting within our workforce and they should be, uh, I'm not saying everyone should retire at a certain age, but I'm just I'm just thinking out loud that maybe that is something that the generation below us will definitely be really good at. And who knows, diversity and inclusion might not even be a thing. Well, I'd like to hope it won't, but I do want to say, well, just put it out there that if you are one of those people that you don't know what you're doing or you're just stuck in this career or different field and you're listening to this podcast, don't feel like you need to be stuck. There is no such thing as being stuck today. Like I'm not saying you quit your job and just learn how to code. That's not what I'm saying. Tech industry is so much bigger than just learning any, how to code. Any other industry that you would be interested in? Um, oh, no, no, no. So I'm just saying like tech is one industry. You might be interested in so many other fields and you're thinking how do we transfer Yes, exactly. So, I thought someone was asking me a question the way she looked at me. I was <laughs> That's like, what I thought as well. <laughs> but yeah, I, 100%. So don't ever feel like that because we have access to the internet. We have access to resources that no other generation in history ever did. For those that struggle and think, how do you do it? You go back to the basics of being disciplined with time and just spending small amounts of time exploring what your next step is. Back to what Manif is saying, you've got the resources. They're at your fingertips, but it's just about you taking ownership of it for sure definitely accountability is massive and just go for it anyways Manifa for prime minister (laughs) (laughs) okay so my next question or final question to you guys is if there was one thing that you had to pick about where you wanted to see change or what you wanted this certain lead within a company to do what would it be and why transparency on salaries especially between men and women in the same roles That was very specific, like that. But also, I'm sorry, I need transparency on roles where it's okay for people to work like three or four days a week, but if their salaries are close to those that are working full-time, we need to question why the full-timer isn't getting the one non-working day as well. That's another another thing that I need transparency around. It's a very interesting perspective. What about those companies that have competitive salaries? How do you feel about that? as in when they don't state their salaries I question that a lot of the time because it almost seems like they're trying to sense when they have you in the interview room about what you would ask as a salary or what you look like you'd deem as satisfied salary Mm -hmm. and I think that makes me question a lot about how they view you as a person from the group of people you they think you come from Mm -hmm. and everything like that so I've never personally gone for a job that's competitive salary I do dismiss those kind of ads because I'm just like I can't be bothered to actually apply and go for a role forward to be unsure about your salary that's not okay like you need to be a bit more transparent brackets are fine 
I find it so interesting, that perspective, because we don't ever speak about salaries inside of the workforce. No one discusses that. I'm not sure whether it's a thing. I know some people have a legal requirement not to. There is cases of that. So you can't actually discuss your salary. But there's other cases where people are just not that honest. And... I just find it interesting. Mm, wasn't there something on Twitter? I mean, I yes. remember following that thread where some female was transparent about her salary and she got a lot of stick for it. Yeah. And again, she's earning that salary, so it's not confidential information for her if she wants to share it. I think mine's not a, an actual specific, you know, action for one thing, but I think the importance, so I think maximising the importance of connection and empathy at all levels, because I feel like with something like diversity and inclusion, it's not... It's not possible without actually, first of all, being connected with all of your employees. And um, yeah, being empathetic is very important at all levels, I guess. Yeah. So is that your point? Yeah, that's it. I liked it. Okay. Um, if I had to pick what is one key change that I'd want a head of diversity inclusion lead to have a responsibility of doing, I guess it's just making sure that things are done right with the right intention If you don't have the right intention, you're never going to do things for the right reasons. You're never going to get to the places that you want to get to because actually you can see when a company is just trying to tick a checkbox, when they're trying to tokenize versus when they're trying to make a difference and when they're trying to solve a problem within their company. Yeah, and it's definitely something positive for a company to embody. But it's just, I think the intention is the number one thing for me. Like they need to have good intentions. This person has a massive responsibility and it's not just all on them, but they are key like, What's that word? Oh, there's a word. Catalyst. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> Guys, you literally felt, you know, when you have that word at the top of your mouth and the top, of the tip of your tongue and you just don't know that word. Yeah. So they're key catalysts in trying to make that change. And I'm all about action these days. Intention with the right action. But the, the right action only comes about because you have good intentions. So they do work hand in hand. Anyways. I really enjoyed having this conversation with you all. I liked your perspectives because I feel like we all have varying points of view. And the reason why we have that is because of our experiences. And at the moment, someone is asking for the time. And yeah, it is. How long is our recording going? Because it feels like. Our recording has been going on for one hour and 16 minutes. And now we need to talk about, well, what's on our mind? What's on my mind is. <laughs> Do you know what's on my mind, guys? Masala chips? Oh, yes. <laughs> We, we were talking about masala chips literally just before we started recording and then I was giving Sundas my recipe of making them because I basically went out yesterday and I had them at a restaurant and it's a place that's quite close to where we live and we really like like the masala chips there but I don't know why I just felt like they just were not up to standard yesterday or maybe I just like the way I make them myself I'm not tooting my own horn but I am tooting my own horn I make good masala chips. And my observant self saw her snap story and I was just like, there wasn't there enough, was enough masala on, that yeah. chi- on those chips. There and wasn't. she was like, yeah, that's why they weren't proper <laughs> masala chips. But. Um, what's on my mind? The weekend just goes with a blink. It's a Sunday already. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've hardly had a weekend. Mm-hmm. And as much as I enjoy working from home, I also... I'm beginning to get a bit sick of the combination of Monday to Sunday just being one place, one thing. But I still don't want to go back to the office. I hear you about the weekend. But what's on my mind is, actually, guys, when you'll be listening to this episode, obviously you would have seen the social posts that we would have released on our Instagram page. We're actually working on coming up with those people that we want for our 10-post 
I guess, countdown to the new season. And I guess what's on my mind is, well, which and when are these people going to get back to us and whether we're going to get the right level of people, whether we're going to get a nice bunch of different people. And at the moment, it seems really amazing. And we've had a really good response, which I'm really surprised about because I was really reluctant to ask so many people, but I just did because you don't get anything if you don't ask. And it's totally okay if people don't want to participate, but they can't read your mind. You need to ask them to even get that response. I feel like if you feel that something is or someone is going to say no to you, just ask them anyway and see what they say because you don't know what they're going to say. So yeah, thanks guys for telling us what's on your mind. I'm really glad that you guys are a part of this conversation and journey with us because anyone that's listened to season one will have seen how our views have kind of progressed. That's a very good sign to me. I like that I'm always growing and I like that my perspectives are changing and this podcast gives you an opportunity to reflect, which I otherwise wouldn't do. So I really liked this conversation. It's a really big topic. So there's always going to be branches of it that we speak about. Of course. Yeah. Ultimately, I really do hope you liked the conversation that we had today. And I'd really like to hear about your perspectives and your opinions. And yeah, on that note, I think we can wrap Wrap it up. up. And bye. call it a day. <laughs> See ya. She's quick to say bye. <laughs> someone's agitated. Someone's agitated. Go on, guys. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Adios. Bye.